ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञानतिमरंदस्ञानंजना शलाकाया चक्षुर्मिलिता तस्मा श्रीगुरव नम So we are studying the fourth canto chapter 22 where Maharaj uh Prithu meets the four kumaras and we finished text 11 last week so we're on text 12 correct Okay <clears throat> Maharaj Prithu offered his welcome to the four kumaras addressing them as the best of the brahmanas He welcomed them saying from the beginning of your birth you strictly followed the vows of celibacy and although you are experienced in the path of liberation you are keeping yourselves just like small children So it, in the purport problem makes a, he makes a, I guess they had the boon to be able to remain like that we don't have that choice right we can't say okay you know I'm 5 years old press the pause button right but they had that uh choice to do that because probably says the four the kumaras therefore purposely remain children Prithu Maharaj text 13 um inquired from the sages about persons entangled in this dangerous material existence because of their previous actions could such persons whose only aim is sense gratification be blessed with any good fortune. Mm-hmm. And Prabhupada writes at the end of the purport that only one who stops all activities for sense gratification is considered to be elevated. Another significant word is swakarma bhi. One becomes fallen by dint of his own past bad activities. Everyone is responsible for his fallen condition. because of his own activities when activities are changed to devotional service one's auspicious life begins and uh so what we understand you know from this only when one stops all activities for sense gratification is he considered to be elevated we also understand how that process happens and it ultimately happens by the grace of krishna the strength to um be free from sense gratification and furthermore the uh freedom from the reaction isn't by our own activities exactly right krishna says sarva dharmam parijagya mam ekam sharanam braja ahang tvang sarva papebhyo right so it actually comes by krishna's grace um everyone and so in one sense when we surrender to krishna when we take the responsibility to surrender to krishna krishna takes the responsibility of uh alleviating our fallen condition right it's not exactly 
that we alleviate our fallen condition by our activities. It, it, it's like yes and no, right? It is, because we talk about what our activities should be like. We talk about practicing sadhana bhakti and vaidhi bhakti, things like that. But ultimately, it's, it's the activity that induces Krishna to take responsibility for our life, <laughs> basically. Ananyas chintayantomam yejana paryupasate tesham nitya vijuktanam yoga shemam vahamyaham. Krishna says that if you become my devotee, then I, Krishna says, preserve what you have and I carry what you lack. Right? So it's, so it's, uh, we, we have this tension in our life, right? That we, we, we follow the spiritual master's instructions to perform Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti, to get up early in the morning, to chant Hare Krishna, uh, trying to avoid the offenses, to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam, to take only prasadam and all that, all those other many instructions that are there. And, and, ultimately, and ideally to, not ideally, and essentially to remember Krishna and never forget him. And then all these other things that we do, sarva vidi nished hashur etayor eva kinkara, they're servants of that principle. Yet the devotee has a devotional attitude, and it's not, only, it's not just a devotional attitude, it's actually reality, that that is all necessary but not sufficient. <laughs> that really the ingredient is Krishna's um, taking charge of our life, Krishna helping us. So if we perform all those activities, but in the wrong mindset, of course there's benefit. And of course they're purifying, and they'll get us to the right mindset. But it's much quicker <laughs> if um, we perform those activities in the right mindset, that I'm you know, doing this to uh, please Krishna. Um, yeah, I was just reading uh, yesterday the um, set, volume two of Shamsundar Prabhu's book about Srila Prabhupada. And in one place, Prabhupada was quoting this Yasya Prasadad Bhagavat Prasadad, but his focus was on the second line Yasya Prasadan Nagati Kutopi. And if we were not uh, pleasing the spiritual master, then he would say something to the effect like destination unknown. Right, so it's so it's a uh, so it's a it's a uh, what is it the the rope in uh, Damodar Lila right it's our endeavor and it's Krishna's mercy and of the two the more powerful of course is Krishna's mercy Krishna's blessings Krishna's help so that's and then when you think about it that is so much what brings out bhakti. If it was just like, if bhakti just came by me being a really good sadhaka, and that was our mindset, that I'm just really, then it's so much uh, me being the doer and, and depending on me. But because it ultimately depends upon Krishna, then uh, it brings out our devotional attitude much more. And then in the, highest, the higher stages of bhakti, in bhava bhakti, uh, then it really is um, that it's just Krishna, when Krishna decides, the samvit and ladini shakti enter the, uh, the soul and one attains love. And that's, you know, you can't force it. <laughs> it's not just a formula. Narada Muni learned that, right? When he, uh, he, he 
went to the forest and said Om Namo Bhagavad and the Lord appeared before him and then the Lord disappeared and then he thought well if it worked once work again and uh, the Lord showed that it's not a mechanical process right and and he said that so much to him after he tried he said you're not you didn't get it completely right yeah not in this lifetime right so some thoughts on that No? Okay. Then Prithu Maharaj continued, my dear sirs. <laughs> Interesting with the way Prabhupada translates that. Sirs, they're five years old. <laughs> you know, right? Of course, they're eternal. Uh, there is no need to ask about your good and bad fortune because you are always absorbed in spiritual bliss. The mental concoction of the auspicious and inauspicious does not exist in you. And we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. We we had those quotes about wet stool and dry stool, if you remember, so we won't repeat the stool stories again. But the purport brings out you know, one of the essential questions in Krishna consciousness. In this material world, the auspicious and inauspicious are simply mental concoctions because such things exist only due to association with the material world. So that's, the, you know, we, before we get into more, that's something to think about. In, in our day-to-day lives. Um, you know, it's kind of natural in one sense on a, on a regular level to, to say, oh, that was nice. Someone opened the door for me or, you know, someone, uh, I, got, I was in the wrong lane when driving on 495 and someone let me in or, or, you know, I got a flat tire, that's really bad, you know, whatever, right, these things. But it's also helpful to remember, you know, this higher instruction, right, that in the material world, the auspicious and inauspicious are simply mental concoctions, because such things exist only due to association with the material world. So, um, in addition to living our day-to-day lives the way we do, we, we, we can practice, um, I don't know if detachment is the word I'm looking, more like neutrality, right, that just like, okay, Okay, you know, and just not be too phased by those things because our, um, our real happiness or our real accepting and rejecting is on a different level. It's on the spiritual level to pleasing Krishna. Anukulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam to accept things favorable in Krishna consciousness and reject things. So our this is good and this is bad really... Um, is meant to be on a different level, ultimately, right? To be on the level of what is favorable for my bhakti and unfavorable, or or maybe a better way to look at it, what is pleasing to Krishna, not pleasing to Krishna. And, and I think automatically when we're focused on that, we become more neutral to this world. And we just say, oh, okay, okay, you know, something good, oh, okay, something not so good, oh, okay. You know, and we're not so phased by it because our, um, the, the mind's job of accepting and rejecting or liking and disliking uh, is on a different level now. And we're not just accepting and rejecting, you know, because, oh, today's a nice day, it's uh, sunny and it's not too humid, right? And, uh, yeah, just like, uh, 
Well, it's more my wife than me because I've been traveling. But my wife has been hopefully learning this because um, our thermostat is broken in the house we stay in. So um, we've had no air conditioning for the last three weeks. And sometimes it's been like 98 degrees and this and that. But, you know, Ram Ram. <laughs> we haven't had time to fix it yet. She's been too busy. Um, but, you know, you learn to... Uh, we learn to uh, just like Titik Shiva Karunika, right? The devotee is Titik Shiva, right? Tolerant. So it's easy, really, tolerance, just being tolerant on the material world, uh, material platform is not so easy. But when you're accepting and rejecting or liking and disliking is on the spiritual platform, then it's much easier to be tolerant. So before we go on, any, uh, some thoughts on that? Gurdas, Prabhu, microphone is right there. You have to use it. Hare Krishna. So, um, try to overlay with what you just said with uh, the instruction that we know about uh, choosing the mode of goodness over the mode of passion and ignorance. Choosing the mode of goodness is uh, emphasized in the Gita over and over and over again as a stepping stone to the platform of deciding what, uh, what to do in Krishna consciousness. Okay, thank you. Anything else? All right, so we'll continue. Uh, this that was a question. Oh, it was? Yeah. I didn't hear the question. What was the question? The question was how does it how does it? Uh, How does the, mo what, the what modes you, of what you propose well, that are, uh, or that what the what the scripture is proposing that uh, our actual situation is uh, to see both auspicious and inauspicious as illusory. Right. So, uh, yeah, we, we were talking, uh, so, you know, you can ex we can explain things in Krishna consciousness on different levels. So, on previous, now we were just talking about transcendence, but um, looking at it through another lens, as you're suggesting, the lens of the three modes of material nature, then we generally accept, thing, we generally accept a, a lifestyle and a mindset and a consciousness and activities um, that are in the mode of goodness, and we reject things that are in the mode of passion. And it's kind of still along the lines of anukuliyasi sankapa pratikuliyasi varjanam, accepting and rejecting according to Krishna's pleasure, because one, the, what is it, the, the launching pad into transcendence is the mode of goodness, and it's very hard to launch from the mode of passion and ignorance. So it's just looking at it, we were talking on a higher, on a higher level, than the modes of material nature, but certainly because we're still affected, one can look through that lens as well. Okay? So this is called illusion or atmamaya. We think ourselves created by the material nature exactly as we think ourselves experiencing so many things in a dream. Should I read that again? We think ourselves created by material nature exactly as we think ourselves experiencing so many things in a dream. The spirit soul, however, is always transcendental. There is no question of becoming materially covered. This covering is simply something like a hallucination or a dream. In Bhagavad Gita, it is stated, Sangat Sanjayate Kama. 
Simply by association, we create artificial material necessities. Dhyato visayan pungsam sangas teshu prajayate. When we forget our real constitutional position and wish to enjoy the material resources, our material desires manifest, and we associate with varieties of material enjoyment. As soon as the concoctions of material enjoyment are there, because of our association, we create a sort of lust or eagerness to enjoy them. And when that false enjoyment does not actually make us happy, we create another illusion known as anger. And by the manifestation of anger, the illusion becomes stronger. When we are illusioned in this way, forgetfulness of our relationship with Krishna follows, and by thus losing Krishna consciousness, our real intelligence is defeated. So Prabhupada's paraphrasing there, uh, verse 62 and 63 of the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, so it's, it's a dream, as Prabhupada is uh, saying here. And I don't know if I should read the whole thing, but, you know, they, I, and I think we did cover this once before, the crow and tall fruit logic about where, uh, the, where the living entity comes from. Because it's tied, it's connected to this point that Prabhupada is saying about a dream, right? Wait, I'll just read a, maybe a little bit of it. We never had any occasion where we were separate from Krishna. Now that's true right now. Are we separate from Krishna now? On one level, no. On one level, yes, right? We're not. But on one level, you can't be separate from Krishna, right? Because <laughs> there's only Krishna and his energies. Just like one man is dreaming and he forgets himself, in dream he creates himself in different forms. Now I am the king, discussing like that. This creation of himself is as seer and subject matter or scene, two things. But as soon as the dream is over, the scene disappears, but the seer remains. Now he is in his original position. Our separation from Krishna is like that. We dream this body in so many relationships with other things. First, the attachment comes to enjoy sense gratification. Even with Krishna, desire for sense gratification is there. There is a dormant attitude for forgetting Krishna and creating an atmosphere for enjoying independently. Just like at the edge of the beach, sometimes the water covers, sometimes there is dry sand coming and going. Our position is like that, sometimes covered, sometimes free, just like at the edge of the tide. Does anyone know the Sanskrit for that? Tatasta, right? Yes. Our pos- uh, as soon as we forget, immediately the illusion is there. Just like as soon as we sleep, dream is there. We cannot therefore say we are not with Krishna. As soon as we try to become Lord, immediately we are covered by Maya. Formerly we were with Krishna in his lila or sport, but this covering of Maya may be very, 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 very long duration. Therefore many creations are coming and going. Due to this long period of time, it is sometimes said that we are ever conditioned. But his long duration of time becomes very insignificant when one actually comes to Krishna consciousness. Just like in a dream, we are thinking very long time, but as soon as we awaken, we look at our watch and see that it has been a moment only. Just like with Krishna's friends, they were asleep for one year with Brahma, by Brahma, but when they woke up and Krishna returned before them, they considered that only a moment had passed. 
So it goes on. This is kind of the famous uh, letter that Srila Prabhupada wrote about the origin of the jiva. And then the int perhaps the most important thing is um, the last sentence. Um, God is not bound by cause. He can change. He is the cause of all causes. Now don't waste your time with this kaka tali taliya nyaya, crows and tall fruit logic. Meaning, don't spend too much time on this topic, in which we just spent three minutes. So some thoughts on this? Yes, Andy, microphone. Yeah, uh, the problem I have with this whole thing is Prabhupada gives a very good diagnosis of what happens, how you get into lust and desire, and then morphs into anger eventually. So you, right. go, down, you go down the wrong road in life. Right. But he doesn't cover very often the successful path, except say, oh, yeah, get to the end, realize Krishna, everything's wonderful. But that doesn't get you from... Well, if so you easily from point A to point B, because there's two tasks: but living this life and realizing God consciousness. If you, you can keep have a successful life, you know. If you can keep your seatbelt on, we're going to cover that in the next few verses. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah. Okay, because it's actually interesting that you brought that up because uh, the Kumaras, or is it still Prithimaraj, They give very specific um, uh, ways out of the mess. The positive. That's what you were asking, right? Yeah, but you see someone like Prabhupada getting out of the mess, but out of the whole congregation, you don't, from my point of view, see a lot of people that are out of the mess already. Well, <laughs> right. Right, that would be, yeah, that would be impractical. But what we do see is um, people who are uh, in the shower getting clean. Right, so someone's, when someone's in a shower, you don't yell outside, you're such a mess. And they'll say, yeah, I am, but I'm taking a shower. I'm getting clean. Right? So that's what we see in, uh, in a temple. We, we see like it's almost like a hospital, where people, a good hospital where you don't catch more disease. Right? That's, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> but uh, a place where people are getting cured, and they're at different levels of um, recovery. Right, depending on um, how long they've been in the hospital. Maybe the analogy kind of wears out after a while. But how long they've been trying to get better. And uh, also, um, their previous health, if we're going to try to use the analogy more. right? How much uh, they had exercised and ate properly in the past, which we would consider how much bhakti they may have performed in a previous lifetime. So that's uh, the 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 special kindness of uh, of having a place like a society like ISKCON. It's a place to take that shower. And uh, like we have somebody here right now, uh, Radha Raman Maharaj, who's um, quite, you know, um, clean, <laughs> if we're using that example, <laughs> right? Um, and you can attend his talk today. It's going to be in Hindi. You ready for that? <laughs> You're in India for three weeks. You, can, you should know Hindi by now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, is that okay? Yeah, we, I, we wouldn't. Um, 
But if, if, I think if we looked around the room here and we considered where uh, all of us were at before taking the Krishna consciousness and where we are at now, you, you would see quite a marked difference in, um, and progress. But we'll wait and see what comes out. But my point is that it's still two tasks, living your life and finding God consciousness. Whether you like it or not, it's to me it's too. Oh well, help me. Maybe I misunderstood what you're saying. Maybe I misunderstood what you're saying. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, there's like the task, and then the task within the task. So, like you live your life, and your real task is you're trying to find Krishna consciousness. Right. It doesn't erase that other task of keeping yourself healthy and right. And, right. And and realizing your abilities, what you can do in life and yeah. having a successful well, life. Yeah, that doesn't come up so much. I thought you were talking about this. So the spiritual part of that comes up in the next few verses. In the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada talks about um, the, the word sva, S-V-A, sva, dharma. And there he, maybe someone could find that, uh, is that which verse that is, but he talks about two kinds of sva dharmas, just like you're talking about. Same, same point you're making. He calls it conditioned and constitutional. And the constitutional is what you're talking about, the Krishna consciousness, and the condition is living in this world. And I don't know, remember the exact wording, but basically his point is that they, they, they can um, complement one another, right? So it's not that we have our spiritual life over here and all the other things we do out here where the rest of our life is contradictory to that, right? And that's kind of what Gurudas was bringing up, that um, in, indirectly, that in our day-to-day -day life, right, which I think you're bringing up, and correct me if I'm not, still not hitting the point, okay? Um, we, the mode of goodness means, for example, when you meet people, you're kind to them, right? You do let people in when you're in traffic, or you do greet people you know, in a friendly way, and you do keep your home and your car clean, and you do um, keep your consciousness clean and kind-hearted, even if it's not all, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, but you just, your interactions with other people and your interactions with the world is, uh, is more in the mode of goodness. And you avoid that day-to-day -day life sort of stuff that's more influenced by passion and ignorance. Does that, is that yeah. connect at all with what, what your point you're making? Just one little point. I don't want to drag it out. It's all right. But, but like... Uh, say you want to copy Prabhupada and cut your sleep. Well, a lot of people could not do that successfully. Right. They might damage their health. They just say, I'm just going to sleep for three hours. Right. It's not, you can't just follow a prescription like yes. that. Yes, correct. So, that's so the there's problem. difference between, now, okay, now I'm just saying, so there's difference, what are the two words? Uh, following the footsteps and imitating? Anukaram? Anukaram? And anu? Sharanam. Which one's which? Anukaram, I'm just for, for, the, for the studio audience. Anukaram is imitating. Anusharam is taking shelter or following in the footsteps or something like that. Okay, so that's, okay, good. So, and actually, I think that does come up in one of the purports here about uh, six hours of sleep. So, <clears throat> um, it's, it, this is, we did talk about this, and it's such an important topic, though, so I'm glad you're bringing it up that we have to um, practice Krishna consciousness. Uh, for la I'm, the only word that's coming to my mind right now is intelligently. 
right? Um, so the art and, and understand Prabhupada's instructions, many of them according to time, place, and circumstance, and also his, his uh, example according to our adhikar, which means our, our level of advancement, basically. Uh, literally, adhikar means uh, eligibility or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so in terms of sleep... Yes, if someone naturally just loves Krishna, as we're developing our love for Krishna, they just think, oh, this sleep is such nonsense. I wish I could do less of it. That's one thing. Another place, Prabhupada says, that sufficient sleep is important for the intelligence. And although in the Bhagavad Gita, he says that, the, we've talked about this before, that uh, six hours sleep, more than that, is a mode of ignorance. And I think it's, it's mentioned in the purport that we're coming up to. But in other places, he says six to eight hours. And when I think I mentioned before, when I was uh, in charge of Sankirtan, which is what devotees driving out in vans and distributing books, I would make sure that whoever drove the car, I forced them to get eight hours sleep because there were times when devotees fell asleep at the wheel and were in harm's way. You know, so I forced you to sleep eight hours, whether you like it or not, you know, for that, for that uh, reason. So, yes, we have to do things intelligent, you know. And, and for example, when someone is 20-something and becoming interested in Krishna consciousness, you give them a mountain of halava. And you say, yes, you know, and it just, you know, right, or whatever. You just, as much curd sabji as you want and, and halava and gulab jamans and jalebis and just, just you, know, uh, um, you know, replace meat, fish, and eggs with, some, with something much better. Right? But when you turn 60, you start thinking, you know, maybe that quinoa is looking pretty good now, <laughs> or whatever, right? or whatever it is. You know? and, you're, and, and fried things you're, you're cutting down on, or whatever. You may, at least some people may not, Prabhupada wasn't always like that, as a matter of fact. But anyway, you may practically make those, the, or you, know, you, you become more like um, eat to live, not live to eat, right? as you... Uh, make more advancement. But it should be done under the guidance of people who um, have been through those experiences and can guide us along the way, and also intelligence, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's just like, just like a, a funny story about how this... Um, so when we were in the 70s, anyone who uh, joined the temple... Um, or anyone who came to the Sunday feast, basically they were like cornered by someone and said, you know, you should, what, what, are you do, what are you doing? Oh, I have a job. What are you doing going to school? Quit the job. Get out of school. Right? And I did that, actually. <laughs> I dropped out of school. Uh, <laughs> Guru probably you remember those times. So that was kind of the, uh, the because everything is useless and you know, whatever. And, and, and it was powerful and it worked. Uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm glad I dropped out of school, actually, when I look back. But um, then I remember... This was years ago, but um, Anutma, uh, Rukmini Mataji's uh, son, Gauravani. So at one point in time, he, uh, he just how Iskans change, right? <laughs> or how maybe we've gotten wiser. So he said he wanted to uh, join the Brahmacharya Ashram in Los Angeles. And Anutma Prabhu was like, now wait a second. Are you sure about this? <laughs> let's, let's slow down here a little bit, right? <laughs> so, so things... Uh, as we mature, we may look at things in a, in a clearer light. But did, thank you for now. I think I did. I address your point a little more directly. Okay, good. All right. Uh, 
Other points on the, the, uh, the, the point, by the way, um, my computer will cooperate. The, uh, just so you know, the, the Talon fruit nyaya or logic, I'll, I'll just explain it and read it quickly. On the top of the tree, there is a nice tall fruit. A crow, went, a crow went there and the fruit fell down. Some pundits, big, big learned scholars, saw this and discussed. The fruit fell down due to the crow agitating the limb. No, the fruit fell simultaneously with the crow landing and frightened the crow, so he flew away. No, the fruit was ripe and the weight of the crow landing broke it from the branch, and so on and so on. What is the use of such discussions? So that's the crow and tall fruit nyaya. Right? So that was Prabhupada's main point, especially as mentioned in the 13th chapter, verse number 20 in the Gita, where he says the main thing is to get out. But it is something that the intelligence has trouble wrapping around sometimes. Anything else on this? Yes, uh, microphone. Um, I just had a quick comment, based, just based on the translation here too, that says that you're always absorbed in spiritual bliss and therefore, you know, for you this mental concoction of auspicious and auspicious mm. doesn't exist. So I think it's like an important point to remember that to actually always, you know, be on that steady platform of being indifferent to auspiciousness, inauspiciousness, this taste or absorption in Krishna consciousness is very important. Right. So somehow we must try to acquire that taste. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah, jnana helps and we become detached, but then, you know, time passes. If there's no taste, it's going to... That's a really good point. Back. Because it, it's almost like these kind of points come alive when we're in good consciousness. Right? And they, they, they click. And otherwise, um, not that we should, we should read no matter what or hear the Bhagavatam no matter what, uh, but otherwise if we're kind of still on the mental or intellectual platform, they only go as far as the intellect and they kind of don't fully touch the heart, which, you know, better than nothing, right? But, but it's, um, you, I, think you, I think we've all experienced when we're, let's say, hearing the, reading the Shastra or hearing a class and when we are in kind of a, a higher state of Krishna consciousness or better consciousness, then things really kind of like, you get it, so to speak. And at other times, it kind of stops somewhere around here, you know, on the forehead. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, doesn't go further like that. Thank you for that. Yes, Jiva Tapu, do you need a mic? Or do you, you're the, yes, you're the owner of all mics. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Thank you, Prabhu. So again, uh, Mike Ishwara. The tal fruit story also replicates. Like again, in this story, Shilpa explained like there was a boy who saw this, and he just said that you know this is a ripened fruit, and he offered it and then cut it yeah. and distributed it. <laughs> exactly. So understand the purpose behind what we are doing, and as uh, you were addressing so nicely the previous question on the prescribed duties versus constitutional position. We, can, we see the example right in Bhagavad Gita. We hear Arjun is a Kshatriya, he is at a war and he's fighting and how he's fighting is using his skills. But why is he fighting was different. He got deluded, right, because mm -hmm. of Krishna's, of course, influence. And then Krishna reveals to him why he should be fighting. It is for Krishna's sake. 
Krishna desires it. You know, Nimitra Matram Bhavisa Visachin. He says, so right then and there, when we are engaged in Krishna consciousness and devotional service, why becomes clear to us? Right. Why are we doing an activity? Srila Prabhupada also gave the example like two uh, you know, men may be doing the same activities, but their mindset will be, you know, world apart. Mm. One looking for sense gratification and another one is looking for Krishna's satisfaction. Yeah, very good. Yes. Very good. Yes. So nice to see your son Govind. Uh, Govind, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, upset that you didn't wear your suit today. <laughs> he was wearing a suit in uh, Europe and he looked so pukka. Very much like a, like a gentleman. <laughs> but that's also nice. But the suit was like... I am completely assured that personalities like you are the only friends for persons who are blazing in the fire of material existence. I therefore ask you, how in this material world can we very soon achieve the ultimate goal of life? So here's a great devotee, but still, when he meets uh, brahmanas and vaishnavas, he inquires from them. The Supreme Personality of God is always anxious to elevate the living entities, who are his parts and parcels. And for their spiritual, special benefit, the Lord travels all over the world in the form of self-realized persons like you. So he's saying, you are the manifestation of the Lord's mercy. The great sage Maitreya continued, Thus, Sanakumar, the best of the celibates, after hearing the speech of Prithumaraj, which was meaningful, so this is the kind of speech, right? Meaningful, appropriate, full of precise words, and very sweet to hear, smiled with full satisfaction, and began to speak as follows. And Prabhupada writes that a speech, second sentence, should be composed of selected words, very sweet to hear, and appropriate to the situation. Such speech is called meaningful. So this is, uh, a devotee is meant to uh, be a really expert uh, at at analysis of time, place, and circumstance. And Srila Prabhupada was very, 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 very much like this. And that's why sometimes you might read things where he says one thing, one place, and something that seems quite different in another place because he was judging the person he's speaking to, the other people who may be hearing, etc. Right? I think sometimes we've, uh, well, like even for um, uh, the, the Sunday open house classes here. Uh, so my wife uh, requests the speakers to, make, to try not to make the talk too in-house, right? Try not to make the talk just for people who've been practicing Krishna consciousness for a long time because the, the, the Sunday program is there also very much for newcomers, right? And, uh, and so sometimes she cringes a little when everything is Haribol and Prabhupada said and Jai Shishi, Gornitai Shishi, Radha Sam, you know, all those things that, that jargon that devotees know but a newcomer will, you know, might not know. So, um, <clears throat> but other temples on Sunday, they may not give that. And so, so let's say a sannyasi comes and is just used to doing the, the kind of devotee thing. And, and it may be hard to uh, do things like um, 
Well, Srila Prabhupada, the founder of our organization, said, right, that's what you would say to newcomers, right? But just like Prabhupada said, you know, because uh, it rolls off our tongue, especially, you know, sannyasis giving six or seven Bhagavatam classes a week, which is always basically to, to the converted, so to speak, the devotees. So, um, but, but it's, um, it's an art. And, you know, it's, you don't always get it right. That's my experience. You know, sometimes I'll hear some a, devot, uh, a devotee speaking to another person or a newcomer or whatever, and I'm like thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I would never say something like that. Oh, my. And then the newcomer says, wow, that was such a great talk I had with so-and-so, you know. You know, I mean, I, th I think I get it right more than half the time. But anyways, I've had that experience, right? Um, and I think maybe for myself, I have to be a little careful on the other side. I think sometimes I'm too careful to trying to, you know, and we have to make sure, right, that uh, we, we don't uh, um, have good bedside manners but don't give the medicine at the same time. So there's a, there's a balance there, right? But, but as we, you know, but, you know, Krishna says, the dami buddhi yogam tam. So he, as we um, be more dependent on him, he gives us the intelligence to say the right thing. And in the... Uh, Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada writes, uh, Krishna says, that austerity of speech uh, consists in speaking words that are truthful, pleasing, beneficial, and not agitating to others, and also in regularly reciting the Vedic literature. In the purport, Prabhupada says, one should not speak in such a way as to agitate the minds of others. Of course, when a teacher speaks, he can speak the truth for the instruction of his students. But such a teacher should not speak to those who are not his students if he will agitate their minds. This is penance as far as talking is concerned. Besides that, one should not talk nonsense. The process of speaking in spiritual circles is what? Anyone know what Prabhupada is going to say? Yes, Shastra. is to say something upheld by the scriptures. One should at once quote from spiritual authorities to back up what he is saying. At the same time, such talk should be very pleasurable to the ear. By such discussion, one may derive the highest benefit and elevate human society. There is a limitless stock of Vedic literature and one should study this. This is called penance of speech. So, um, you know, again, it's time, place, and circumstance. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur was... Wasn't he, was it him who was stated that probably, or that he was known like, you know, club in one hand, Bhagavatam in the other, or something like that? Of course, that was a certain time, place, and circumstance also. And Prabhupada sometimes would chastise people strongly. Of course, he was an elderly gentleman who, you know, sometimes we would imitate that when we were like 19 years old, talking to a six-year-old, and it didn't seem to have the same effect as Prabhupada. That was my experience back in the 70s. But, um, but it is... As a general rule, at least, this is very important, isn't it? That uh, uh, sweet to hear, selected words, appropriate to the situation. Yes, Mahamantra Prabhu. Prabhu, this, the sweet words spoken by Pridma Raj, in the next sentence it is said it's not by the, you know, like influence of how to win friends and uh, influence people, mm. but because of the devotional qualities. 
Yashya Bhaktir Bhagavata. Ah, that's a nice point. So yeah. he he's speaking from his heart because right. of the qualities. And of course, you know, the other the analogy could be that if somebody's about to fall off a cliff, you don't, you know, you do whatever it takes to grab them and and so uh, I remember hearing this one time, and I really like this that a devotee is not attached to winning friends and influencing people or uh, chastising someone, but they just try to get, uh, pray to Krishna and get the inspiration, what will help this person? So if patting them on the head and, and making them feel good about themselves will help them advance in Krishna consciousness, then we do that. If giving, you know, giving them a bit of a hard time and chastising them uh, will help them, then we do that. We're, we're not choosing either approach because of something we like to do or our personality type, but rather what will help this person come closer to Krishna. So that, that may be the, uh, the best criteria. In the letter to Balavanta that Prabhu that I like to quote a lot, uh, that I like so much is, and Prabhupada gives another example in that of listening to others, right? And that's a way to win people over by being a good listener. He gives the example of Lord Chaitanya and Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya and even Krishna in the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita with Arjuna. TK? Huh. Other thoughts? I, I, I know because I lean, a, you can probably all know which side I lean a little over. <laughs> so I, you know, but I should uh, question whether there's time for and I should really heavy someone up. But I always think I need to heavy myself up first. So, But, you know, it used to be sometimes in earliest kind that we just uh, shoot and ask questions later, <laughs> so to speak. But it wasn't all bad or it wasn't all good. It was just, you know, one of the more default uh, tactics. And it works sometimes. I know myself, I was... Uh, I was new, 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 just coming to the temple and uh, the Radhadamadar bus party came into town and they just said, what are you doing wasting your entire life? This is totally, just get on the bus right now. I didn't do that. I, but they scared the heck out of me. So I ran to my, I ran to my, I think I told this, I ran to my house, got my checkbook, became a life member and they were okay. My mother's money. Uh, <laughs> okay, so other thoughts on speech? All right, so then let's go on to the, verse 19. So this is Sana Kumar speaking, and he says, My dear King Prithu, I am very nicely questioned by you. Such questions are beneficial for all living entities, especially because they are raised by you. Who are, and then this was Mahamantrapu's point who are always thinking of the good of others. Although you know everything, you ask such questions because that is the behavior of saintly persons. Such intelligence is befitting your position. Can you think of another time when that happens in the Bhagavatam, where someone who's very advanced is asks questions of someone else, and, and it's kind of like this, because that's the, uh, even though they may know everything, that's the right thing to do, Mahamantra? Yeah. Uttam Prashna by... Who? Parikshit Maharaj. Oh, Prerikshit Maharaj, okay. Loka Kalyan, like. Okay. Shakshi? 
Vidura asking Maitreya, yeah, actually, it sometimes said Vidura was more advanced than Maitreya, right? Right? So it's a, it seems to be a, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you greet, what is it? When you greet a sadhu, you say, Ahishtam yatat punar janma vijaya. Right? That you, you ask, uh, how are you doing in your struggles to overcome birth and death? Or your path to overcome birth and death? Yeah, a microphone for Shakshara. Wait, 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 one sec. Advaita Acharya asking questions with Mahaprabhu also. Who? Advaita Acharya. And uh, uh, Vasudeva asking questions to Narada. Vasudeva, and okay. Let's speak of Lord Chaitanya asking Ramananda Roy. Yes, then. Wait, microphone? Krishna and Balaram studied with Sandipani Muni. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, could you imagine like, being Sandipani Muni? It's like, when are we going to teach these guys? <laughs> yes. So it's, a, so it's a, something we see a lot. So it's not like, so the, the point, and when the point is, right, one of, one of the points is it's not like, hey, man, I'm a big, big Acharya. What do I need to ask you anything? Right? They don't have that. It's such a different attitude right <clears throat> text number 19 mm. hearing discussion oh that's the purport when there is a congregation of devotees their discussions questions and answers become conclusive to both the speaker and the audience thus such a meeting is beneficial for everyone's real happiness Prabhupada writes in the beginning of the purport that hearing discussions among the devotees is the only means to receive the powerful message of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For instance, Bhagavad Gita has been well known all over the world for a very long time, especially in the Western world, but because the subject matter was not discussed by devotees, there was no effect. So um, I guess I'll continue and then talk a little bit. Uh, a few paragraphs down. The word Ubhayesam can be described in many ways. Generally, there are two classes of men, the materialist and the transcendentalist. By hearing discussions between devotees, both materialists and transcendentalists are benefited. The materialist is benefited by associating, uh, association with devotees because his life then becomes regulated so that his chance of becoming a devotee or making the present life successful for understanding the real position of the living entity is increased. When one takes advantage of this opportunity, he is assured of a human form of life in the next birth. Or he may be liberated completely and go back home back to Godhead. The conclusion is that if one participates in the discussion of devotees, he is both materially and spiritually benefited. So it was interesting. I was listening to a talk by Srila Prabhupada in 1966, right? So early, very early ISKCON. And he was talking about the potency of people coming to these uh, evening discussions that he was having. And he even says, even if they go away and don't come back, their path has begun. He says that. And then he says, benefit is there. And he says, next, if they keep listening, more benefit. And then he says, when they offer some practical service, more, more benefit. So he, he mentioned like that in uh, one of those early classes. So... Um, I think in a very real sense, 
we are what we hear. We talk about uh, you are what you eat, right? That's a saying in the world. And I think, and that's, that's true also in the sense that we should only take Krishna Prasadam. Um, but I think in, in, in equally, if not more so, we are what we hear. So we should be um, careful about what we hear, uh, what we read, what we listen to, etc. Um, because it very much uh, influences the consciousness. And the, the beautiful example that, well, or the powerful example that Rupa Goswami gives is that of jaundice. And I think I've asked this before. How many of you had jaundice? Me too. Yeah, okay. Was it fun? No? No? Were you young or recently? Or? Young. Uh-huh. Okay. And did you, do you remember having the experience that sweet things didn't taste sweet? You don't You were too young. <laughs> yeah. Who else had their hand up? Oh, yeah, how were you? What was your experience? Not good. <laughs> yes. My mantra? Everything was bitter. You were treated with some medicine that was even more bitter. Uh huh. I got it in Vrindavan and went to Sham Sundar Saki, the, this person who um, does, uh, takes a peacock fan and hits you over the head with it and then pours water over your skin and, and while you're rubbing mango bark like that. I think it's mango bark. There's some kind of tree bark. And it comes out, maybe it was neem, and it comes, you see the yellow actually coming, the water like changing from, yeah, it was pretty far out. But and also, um, taking sugar candy, you know, did that. Uh, and there's this one, most of the, what's it called, mystery? Mystery, yeah. Uh, is white, so it's kind of processed, but there's this one place in Vrindavan at least 25 years ago, where you can get the actual, you can tell it's because it's, it's yellow in color because it's right from the sugar cane. And I remember, and then each day as it got a little better, it did get a little sweeter, right? So it's a, really, it's a very powerful example. Um, and Prabhupada writes in the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam that under the circumstances, transcendental literature like Srimad Bhagavatam will not only diminish the activities of the corrupt mind of the people in general, but also supply food for their hankering after reading some interesting literature, right? We all, most of us, want to hear something interesting. Isn't it? That's, that's I mean, isn't that a, that I think, uh, practically, I can't think of a time when I didn't want to hear something interesting or read something interesting, right? So the question is, the big question, the probably the mega question in our life is, what do we choose, what literature do we choose to read or hear or what radio station do we turn on or what, you know, what do we listen to when we're driving in our car? What, who do we talk to? That actually pretty much creates who we are. In the beginning, they may not like it, transcendental literature, because one suffering from jaundice is reluctant to take sugar candy. But we should know that sugar candy is the only remedy for jaundice. Similarly, let there be systematic propaganda for popularizing reading of the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, which will act like sugar candy for the jaundice-like condition of sense gratification. When men have a taste for this literature, 
They're hankering after other literatures which are catering poison to society will then automatically cease. So that so the, it's... Um, the trick, we could say, is to find a way to like just be, to just like, wow, I can't wait to find out what's next in the Bhagavatam. You know, I can't wait to hear so-and-so's uh, discourse, you know, lectures on whatever, um, the uh, Dasmula or Shikshastakam or Bivala Mangal Thakur's life or whatever, just that, that eagerness, tatraloyam apimulyam ekalam. So we talk about the eagerness, uh, or Prabhupada writes in the Chaitanya Charitamrita about Rupa Goswami, that he was blessed because he was always eager to serve. That's the exact word, always eager to serve. Um, and I think always eager to serve uh, the pinnacle of that or the, uh, the example of that or one of the best ways is to be always eager to hear. And, and we can understand, at least intellectually, that's not necessarily going to be there in the beginning. Now, of course, we're preaching to the choir here because you're all coming here on Sundays, um, taking out time from your, you know, your one or day off during the week sometimes. Let's read a little bit more about the jaundice and we'll talk about it, okay? This is from um, the Nectar of Instruction. The, so it says, The holy name of Lord Krishna, the qualities, pastimes, and so forth, are all of the nature of absolute truth, beauty, and bliss. Naturally, they are very sweet. Have you ever had someone give a... I mean, I've had this experience, maybe because my jaundice is so terrible. But, you know, I would hear someone, you know, say, Oh, the Bhagavatam is so blissful and it's just so sweet. And I'm kind of like, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's good, but you know, but you can see they're really, they're really relishing it. They get it. Yeah, as you're saying, and and I may be not getting it so much. And so you hear, yeah, it's so wonderful. Krishna's pastimes. I'm kind of like thinking, yeah, okay, you know, because like I've, obviously I accept it intellectually, but I may not be experiencing it at that time. So it's kind of like, okay, what what, what else do you want to say, Maharaj? You know. Um, Nescience, however, is compared to the disease called jaundice, which is caused by, and am I going to pronounce this right? Bilious? Bilious? Bilious. Thank you, doctor. Bilious secretions. Attacked by jaundice, the tongue of a diseased person cannot palatably relish sugar candy. Rather, a person with jaundice considers something sweet to taste very bitter. That was my experience. Avidya, ignorance, similarly perverts the ability to relish the transcendentally palatable name, quality, form, and pastimes of Krishna. Despite this disease, if one with care and attention, despite, because in other words, we have it, so you kind of ignore it. Despite, despite, despite this disease, if one with care and attention takes to Krishna consciousness, chanting the holy name, and hearing Krishna's transcendental pastimes, his ignorance will be destroyed, and his tongue enabled to taste the sweetness of the transcendental nature of Krishna and his paraphernalia. Such a recovery of spiritual health is possible by the regular cultivation of Krishna consciousness. One more paragraph. When a man in the material world takes more interest in the materialistic way of life than in Krishna consciousness, he is considered to be in a diseased condition. So this is a way, that sentence is a way that we can pretty much gauge where we're at in Krishna consciousness. And, and, and as we've said so many times before, 
it's the uh, the test is much harder now than practically any time, at least in in this probably in this yuga, right? Because literally, with this little machine here, you can get information about anything in the world in in about three seconds, right? It's just like billion, literally billions of distractions at your fingertip, right? And I was telling you, I think I was mentioned that it was so different when I was living in Vrindavan uh, before the internet. And, there were, and it also was very hard to get even um, uh, English newspapers and I couldn't read Hindi. So I was just blissfully didn't know what was going on in the world and just reading. And so my reading material, there wasn't any Time magazine or news. My, reading, my choice was basically BTG or Bhagavad Gita or Bhagavatam. Well, there was, I didn't have much of a choice, so it was easy to choose the right thing. And now it's, it's harder because we have more choice. You know? um, the normal condition is to remain an eternal servant of the Lord. Jivera, Swarupahaya, Krishnera, Nitiras. The healthy condition is lost when the living entity forgets Krishna due to being attracted by the material, by the external features of Krishna's maya energy. This world of maya is called drashraya, which means false or bad shelter. One who puts his faith in drashraya becomes a candidate, I, this is really interesting, a candidate for hoping against hope. One who puts his faith in Dureshraya, which means false uh, shelter, becomes a candidate for hoping against hope. In the material world, everyone is trying to become happy, and although the material temps are baffled at every way, due to their nescience, they cannot understand their mistakes. People try to, this is a wonderful sentence, people try to rectify one mistake by making another mistake. This is the way of the struggle for existence in the material world. Last sentence. If one in this condition is advised to take to Krishna consciousness and be happy, he does not accept such instruction. So some thoughts on jaundice? And no? Yes, microphone for you? Where is the microphone? Uh, the ladies have it. Thank you. Yeah, just a thought about hearing um, how how much the ears and the heart are connected. Mm. Um, it's funny, but even medically, although there's so many uh, you know like predictors of cardiovascular disease, sometimes decreased hearing is actually considered to be a predictor. To so be decreased hearing is connected to like predicting cardiovascular disease. No kidding. Yeah, so like I just find it interesting because you know like the somehow the blood connection between the hearing and the heart, you know, ears and the heart, it's so connected. Hmm. And and we also hear this Thank example. You. I think Burijan Prabhu gives it in unveiling his lotus feet. How he gives the example of a funnel into a bottle and whatever you pour into the funnel, that's what the bottle gets filled up with. And similarly, the years are like a funnel, and whatever you pour into the years, mm. that's what our consciousness gets filled up with, and we are made up. 
you know, our actions, right. our thoughts, our words are made up of our consciousness. Thank you. Anything else on this? Okay. Sanat Kumar continue. That's what we're up to, right? My dear king, you already have an inclination to glorify the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such attachment is very difficult to achieve. Bless you. But when one is attain, has attained such unflinching faith in the Lord, it automatically cleanses lusty desires from the core of the heart. It has been conclusively decided in the scriptures after due consideration that the ultimate goal for the welfare of human society is detachment from the bodily concept of, concept of life and increased and steadfast attachment for the Supreme Lord who is transcendental beyond the uh, modes of material nature. Attachment for the Supreme can be increased by practicing devotional service, inquiring about the Supreme Personality of Godhead, applying bhakti yoga in life, worshiping the Yogeshwara, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and by hearing and chanting about the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. These actions are pious in and of themselves. One has to make progress in spiritual life by not associating with persons who are simply interested in sense gratification and making money. Not only such persons, but one who associates with such persons should be avoided. One should mold his life in such a way that he cannot live in peace without drinking the nectar of the glorification of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari. One can be thus elevated by being disgusted with the taste for sense enjoyment. Prabhupada writes right after the uh, Bhagavatam verse, this is a typical example of materialistic persons. At night, they waste their time by sleeping more than six hours. There is that point. Or by wasting time in sex indulgence. This is their occupation at night. And in the morning, they go to their office or business place just to earn money. As soon as there is some money, they become busy in purchasing things for their children and others. Such persons are never interested in understanding the values of life. What is God? What is the individual soul? What is the relationship with God, etc.? Things are degraded to such an extent that those who are supposed to be religious are also at the present moment interested only in sense gratification. So let's uh, look at this kind of with a, let's put a slightly different um, lens on these last three verses or so, right? Because they're talking about association. And this last, this last verse 23 is talking about the giving up the association, right? That the, once you give up the association, or even the association of people who associate with people who are bad association, right? Again, it's a similar point because what do you do when you associate with a person? You talk to them, you're basically here and chant. I mean, you know, you talk and you ask questions and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, but if we put a positive twist on this, I mean, twist is the wrong word, but look at it through that, that lens. Um, there is, and something that my, uh, my wife and I, we, we drove yesterday to uh, Gitanagari for Rathiatra, so we had a long time to talk in the car. Um, and that is kind of the need for community, Vaishnava community, Vaishnava Sangha. And for us to feel that sense 
of community. Now, that, now, first, we'd have to define what that means, right? The word community, in the sense, but that's, um, but it's partially at least mentioned here that community is getting together and hearing and chanting about Krishna. But it's also, um, it's pretty much is what's explained in the uh, Upadekshamrita, right? It's also revealing one, you know, feeling that at least some places in the Vaishnava community are a place that I can reveal my mind and not be judged um, um, in a judge, <laughs> judged in a judgmental way, <laughs> um, but dealt with compassionately and, and understood that, uh, that we all have weaknesses and, and to describe what they are and be able to reveal our minds in confidence and inquire confidential, confidentially um, that mood of community, which uh, includes what Andy was saying. You know, it, it, it's, of course, the community of hearing and chanting about Krishna, but it also, you know, someone loses their job and devotees, you know, or some child gets sick or something and they, the community pitches in to help that, that, that family, right? Um, whether so there's on, on various levels of community. Um, because that really... That's part of that param dristva, and if we find that 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 need for association, which is which is which is a which is a need that we all have, is being fulfilled in the association of devotees, then it's easy to give up other association. Prabhupada told Burijan Prabhu that the, that we are social animals, and that if we don't associate with devotees, then we would naturally associate with those that. Like explained in verse 23 here. It's just because you, you seek association. Even a person who's quite a recluse, especially nowadays, uh, people who are quite a recluse, uh, they may read a book. That's associating with the author, right? More likely they're listening to, a, these days, listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video or something. And that's associating with in so many different ways. So we do want to um, um, develop. Uh, um, community in different ways. You know, in one sense, you can, if you look around this room, we've kind of developed somewhat of community here on Sundays, right? Because we get very regular, a lot of the devotees here come almost every Sunday, and we're having some similar experience, right? Uh, Prematurangani Mataji is, is just about to embark on developing a community and starting the Bhakti Shastri again, starting this Thursday, right? Um, and that's developing community. Uh, we, we got the experience of devotees coming forward to help the temple with, during the flooding. Some people just like, I, we weren't here. My wife and I were still in Europe, but we heard how people just kind of, just like the water came out of the woodwork, the people came out of the woodwork to, um, to help uh, with the, the flood situation. So there's different ways to do it, but it's important. But... Um, Something we were also talking with my son. He said that he had a suggestion that we ask devotees different questions, like um, when when did so my wife asked me these questions yesterday. When did you feel a sense of community in Iskand of DC? And what was that experience like? Things things like that. And uh, I had to think about it. You know, I, I did mention this class. I did mention sometimes uh, certain Vyasa pujas of Prabhupada that I really felt. Uh, like that, um, the first 
some of the, especially I was, I'm less involved now, but some of the earlier uh, holies and, and jamastamis that I was involved in more deeply, you know, planning that all out and things like that. So, and, and certainly a lot of devotees feel community, for example, at the um, Institute up in uh, Silver Spring, or, or even uh, you two come to class together, you have a community there of yourselves and things like that. Um, so it's, it's an important point, and it's kind of, I think it's, it's connected to this verse, or these last three verses. Um, and because when we do have that, feel that satisfaction, feel that belonging, feel that shelter uh, in the association of devotees. Actually, I'll read something about that. Um, Shulanaratam Das Thakur also recommends that one engage in the service of the Acharyas, and if one wants to live in association, he must live in the association of devotees. Tandira Charana Sevi Bhaktisanivas. Um, the Krishna conscious movement is creating many centers. So Prabhupada's talking about community here. Just to create devotees so that by associating with the members of such a center, people automatically become uninterested in material affairs. Although this is an ambitious proposal, this association is proving effective by the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. By gradually associating with members of the Krishna conscious movement, simply by taking prasad and taking part in chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra, ordinary persons are, become, are being considerably elevated. <laughs> so Prabhupada very kindly is calling us elevated, uh, uh, ordinary persons. <laughs> but he also said that we're becoming considerably elevated. This is from the ninth canto, so this was written, you know, uh, quite late in Prabhupada's time with us. So some thoughts on this point about association, about community. Did I, actually, I didn't read this one last thing, so just a little bit more. Simply negation or giving up the company of materialistic persons will not do. So that's the point about community. You can't just, get, you know. We must have engagements Sometimes it is found that a person interested in spiritual advancement gives up the company of material society and goes to a secluded place as recommended for the yogis, especially. But that will also not help a person in spiritual advancement. For, uh, for in many instances, such yogis also fall down. As far as ganis are concerned, generally they fall down without taking shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. And, and Prabhupada goes on. Let's talk about that. So some thoughts about... Association, community, giving up the association. Yes. I think it's, um, it seems almost redundant, but it's still important to say that um, in order for this spiritual association to work, um, we need shraddha, we need faith. Yeah. Ado shraddha tata sadhu sangha. To, to yes, yeah, it's initial no, faith. Yeah, the sh but it's it's funny how it works all along the line that the shraddha makes the uh, association and that's why reality. that's why our character is so important because people contact a devotee of good character and they they get a feeling this person isn't talking to me for any. Uh, ulterior motive. <laughs> they actually just want to help me. <laughs> That's actually their only motive. And it's, so, it's not such a... Um, 
it's there in the world. It's not just with devotees, but it, it, it really can touch the heart. And then one has a little faith, and then one can hear from them. Yes, Mahmoud Prabhu. Prabhu, uh, in the community, community means also the sadhus. Yeah, they're part of the community, yeah. Yes, and I heard something really wonderful from His Holiness Bhakti Purushottam Maharaj a couple of days ago. What he says is, only in the association of sadhu, we can hear and understand the Krishna's position, Krishna's true position. Mm. Otherwise, either we can take Krishna as a devata or all devatas as Krishna. He was explaining. Right. But the true position of Krishna is revealed only by the sadhus. And that is the greatest asset of uh, coming to the satsanga, like this community here. Right. And there, but then we just have to be, uh, we have to define sadhu. Like you are a sadhu. And so when people are uh, uh, going to the Maha, the Japa booth at a Rathiyatra or whatever, they're associating with sadhu doesn't, especially in ISKCON, uh, it's not the exclusive property of saffron cloth. It's, a, it's the property of white cloth, it's the property of saris and Punjabi outfits <laughs> and all kinds of things, right? Because uh, if we're repeating the words of the great acharyas and great sadhus, then uh, we are proxies, uh, at least. And so, of course, of course, associating with someone like Bhakti Prashottamaraj and, and, uh, is, 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 is wonderful. But you know, that, I told that story about Simply Wonderfuls and Prabhupada said, you all become so, so it's incumbent upon us, uh, in whatever ashram we're in, to uh, to be uh, sadhus. Yes, Shakshi Gopal. Yes, Shakshi Gopal, sadhu. So, um, in my experience, like I went a few lessons for the Taekwondo classes. Uh -huh. so in Taekwondo class, one thing they teach is like uh, they want to respect like all the people in the practicing the practicing Taekwondo mm. as a teacher. Nice. So I see that like uh, we have knowledge in the books and we have uh, meditation like you know uh, uh, how to pray the Lord and all that stuff. But like how to apply in the real life is only uh, we can get through the Sangha, mm. like you know people who practice with us. Yeah. That's my nice, experience. yeah. And you think about uh, you think about that. Uh, Anand and I were talking about this the other day. You th like even in India, right? The the big thing is uh, what do they call them? Ba uh, my batchmate, right? Someone you know you have this you have this thing because you went to the same high school or college together or something like that. And we're seeing that a little bit. There's this GBC college, and so there there's this, there is this kind of thing. Oh, we went uh, we went to the same batch of the GBC college or or whatever, or in the Taekwondo class or something like that. You know, there, there's when you when you go through a similar um, uh, experience together, uh, even um, even like with Sudama and Krishna, right? They went through that experience together, of Gurukul and being lost in the forest. And that you know, Sangatan devotees experienced that in the, uh, a lot when they you know, especially in the 70s and 80s, where we were stuck in a van together. Uh, <laughs> it created. Uh, uh, so yes, going through. Are you a friend of all living entities? Isn't that what the, your, your T-shirt says? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. 
What, what, thank you for that. Anything else on community? Yes. Uh, microphone for... And this will be the last point. Hare Krishna, Professor. So, while in the workforce or when we are in the college or in the job, so the people generally have uh, many other things to discuss about and talk about, and they have their impressions so strong that they try to impose on other people. And if you try to avoid them also, they try to even impose more and more uh, uh, their points and their interests and everything and their desires and whatever, what's else. So sometimes I try to avoid them, but uh, what happened was they try to put me in separate place. Try to put you what? Try to put separately. Try to put you separately. Yeah, that's fine, but it becomes difficult in terms of communication and other things. So yeah. for that reasons, I have uh, taken it little bit lightly, but uh, that's uh, I want to get back. To well, some, it's all it's yeah it's it's it, it, these we're talking principles now and then how to apply them in the particular time, place, and circumstance. A very individual thing, right? So. Sometimes where Krishna puts us in a situation that is a little more challenging. Sometimes we're in a situation that's not so challenging, that's quite easy, uh, and we try to adjust. So, you know, we'd have to talk more about the specific situation. But if we're seeing a good start maybe is that I'm, going, I'm studying or I'm doing this job or whatever, uh, and we're trying to find a way that we're connecting it with Krishna. Uh, then we then it becomes more easy to tolerate things, seeing that okay, well I'm doing this, uh, and I'm, I'm whether I'm, I'm maintaining a family that are devotees, or um, I'm doing this so that I have more financial freedom in the future, so that I can spend more time serving Krishna, and there, then then it becomes more tolerable when we kind of make that kind of uh, uh, connection with uh, the purpose behind things. But I, you know, it's hard to say exactly what you should do in that specific, you know, because um, <clears throat> some, so, yeah, it just depends. You know, like I, I, people like at work, people pretty much know that I'm, uh, um, these days it's easier to tell people you're a vegan than a vegetarian because, you know, they, right? And it's also safer, right? Because sometimes vegetarian can mean eggs. Some people even think it mean fish or something like that. So people know if they want to invite me out to lunch or something, you know, probably... Uh, we're going to a vegan place. Probably I'm ordering a salad, right? But they, you know, they've come to uh, know that over over, over time. Um, but you know, each 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 um, each experience is different. Each situation is different. But Krishna will appreciate the. Uh, he's called Bhava Grahi Janardhan, so he'll appreciate the essence of our attempts to do things for his pleasure. But if you want to talk to one of the sadhus here about your specific situation, they might be able to give you some specific guidance. You have an uh, amazing sadhu just to your left. Yeah, Mahamantra. Yeah, Mahamantra. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad that I found his association. Yeah, so you just take advice from him and everything will be perfectly fine. Okay, so that's it for this week. A little overtime. My wife hasn't gotten on my case yet. Um, but she will if I keep talking. Uh, so we do have class next week. Yeah, it's, a, it's an ordinary week. Uh, I'll be traveling during the week, but I'll be back on Sunday. Uh, so 
Thank you very much. Have a wonderful week in Krishna consciousness. And uh, Guru Prabhu is giving class this afternoon. Hare Krishna.